Welcome everyone to the greatest episode of the Uniquely Knitted. <sighs> this joke can't be. It can, this can't be the go-to joke every time. I said the wrong name of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the greatest episode of the Infertility Feelings podcast of all time. This is it. We peaked. That's it. This is it. This is the joke. This is We're just going to keep running with this joke. I feel like we should just keep running. Maybe if I keep, keep saying running. it, it will get funnier Maybe over will. time. You know that it's proven that this is not one of the greatest episodes that we've ever done. What are you talking about? <laughs> it could be. This actually. is it. This, this is, is it. it. This is it. No, I've had people, I've had people email us this one podcast whatever, I don't even know what it was. Some like ratings and this, and we got a rating at one of our, did you know that? We did, what do you mean? We did, we got one of the greatest, that they that they thought, they rated our podcast and they thought the pod, which podcast was the best. Are you talking about like, uh, like an independent review board or like a person or something? I don't know, it was something, it was something that I saw. <laughs> Do I feel like I have to say it? No, I'm not going to say it because then that's going to make it because it actually had a guest on it. We should <laughs> not rank our podcasts because they're all very important. Every topic that we cover is very important. You but I will say joke. definitively, this is going to be the greatest <laughs> podcast that we've ever recorded. Jesse, to kick us off, I have a question for you. Um, and I like to pretend like people don't know the title of the episode before they start listening to this. I know. But. I like how we have to like play coy or like announce it. Like here it is. But it's like You will every, never believe what we're going to talk about today. Every single person that is listening to this right now knows what this episode is about. Yeah, every single that's one. That's true. They clicked on it. That's they true. They clicked on it. But okay. So to kick us off, here's my question. What is your favorite app on your phone? Are you talking tool or like? I'm saying you rank those apps Top to bottom, what's number one? All of them. Doesn't even matter. Oh, this is so hard because I want to go with a game. Like, but I feel like, like you that, open like, your phone, what's the number one that, thing like, you want to do? Disgraces like the Wells Fargo app. Like <laughs> where like my money Are is. Are you kept. worried about the Wells Fargo app? You're worried about Wells Fargo? I just feel like it shows my priorities. Like, what is the most important app to have on my phone? Probably my Wells Fargo, where I bank, where my money is. <laughs> That's probably really important. No, no, no. I did not say most. I did not say My most favorite. important. I said, you open the phone. What's the number one thing you want to do? Oh, and don't well, worry about corporate offending. Wells Fargo. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> they're listening. Someone there is listening to this right now. I'm just so offended. Um, we'll see. Then that changes the question. You just asked me, what do I go to first? The question is the original question. <laughs> It's just, what's the number one app that you go to on your phone? See, I thought you were going to ask me what's my favorite app. My Wouldn't number one those app. those be the same no, thing? No, no, Okay, so what's your favorite If app? I open my phone, and I also do this for a job, but it is Instagram 100% of the time. That is the That's the app. one you're going to. That is the one I go to. I do it for my own personal mm. and for our, this nonprofit, Uniquely Knitted. Yes. So day in, day out, that is the number one. Right. My favorite app, it used to be, I know I just, I'm begging that you would say what you're going to say. <laughs> this is like, if you really knew me, you would know. I used to play Oregon Trail because I am a 90s child, <laughs> but it wasn't Oregon Trail getting to the yeah, trail. There we go. Here, this is always, what I've been waiting for. That always stressed me out. Here I am. Um, it was called Oregon Trail Settlers. So right. it was like Sims, but in Oregon Trail times. Right. Sadly. Like you built a 
a town. I would build a town and there would be tasks and there would be like, pick your veggies and make sure this person yeah. does like gets well from an arrow being <laughs> shot in the head with an arrow and stuff like that. And it was my favorite game of all time. And it was so fun for me to zone out to that game yeah. and to make yeah. my own little world into escape. Sadly, something happened where they stopped developing it. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I can't imagine why they would stop making a game like that. It sounds like it'd be wildly popular. You can't even find it now. It's so sad. I'm telling I'm advertising this amazing game because anyone that has like played Sims knows and is a child of the nineties, they would love this game. A hundred percent. Anyway, <laughs> or child of the eighties. Is it when you were, were a child in the decade that you say that? Or is it when you were born in that decade? I think when you were a child. Okay. Yeah. So child of the nineties, yep. you would love this game. Right. But all that to say, I would say candy crush is my favorite app. You're okay. That's I mean, that's kind of classic. So Candy I Crush. love it. I still hate that you, that you run out of lives mm. and that you have to pay for things when you need it. Right. But, and don't doubt that I haven't paid for things when I've needed it. Dark moment. But, um, <laughs> I love Candy Crush. I love it. I, that's my, that's my go-to app. If I'm thinking about my phone for fun. Okay. It's Candy Crush. I know that, that wasn't sense. the exact question. And also Wells Fargo. Just kidding. Yep. Wells Fargo. Just Candy Crush and Wells Fargo. They're really tied together. Or like you, our you life know. insurance app, maybe. It's like <laughs> that should probably be number one, but whatever. So Doug, what is your favorite app? Uh my favorite app, I'm gonna say either my calendar app or Surfline. Easy. That it just that perfectly encompasses who you are, Mister Organized. It does yes. like to know the day, like to have structure. Maybe I wouldn't even say organized, but just like to have structure. Yeah. And also is the exact opposite of structure is surfing. Yeah, I like to check my calendar and I like to check the waves. That's what I like to do. Yeah, I those that. in that order. I wonder if you can probably check what app you use the most. I, I can. You can. Oh, I've wow. seen it. It's Instagram all the way for me. Hundred percent. That's shocking. Wish it was Oregon Trail. I wish that was in reverse. <laughs> well, you've probably guessed and you already know since you clicked on the episode today, we are talking about infertility and your phone. Believe it or not, you may think how could there possibly be an episode about infertility in your See, phone? I but think there the exact is. opposite. I think people are going to be like, yep. That's what I'm saying though. You might think like, well, does that play a big part? Well, if you have dealt with infertility at all, you know that your phone can become a massive issue. It can become this intrusive little doom square that you carry with you everywhere you go. So um, true. And in a lot of ways, it's helpful. In a lot of ways, it's harmful and hurtful. So we are going to talk about it today. Welcome back to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so happy to have you here, and we really hope you enjoy today's conversation. When it comes to infertility and your phone, there's a lot that we could say. We are going to start by just highlighting and pinpointing a lot of the negative things that go along with infertility in your phone. We know obviously that phones are inanimate objects that just provide us um, information. They're tools that we use. So there is obviously so much good. However, when you're going through infertility, there, there seems to be a lot of things that we can point out that are negatives. Let's just go down the list, Jesse, and think about all the different ways that infertility in your phone can become a problem. What would you say the number one thing for you is if you're thinking infertility in your phone, what's one of the things that can go wrong? What would you say? 
I would say that it represents hope and hopelessness at the exact same time. And that could be in many different things to social media, to, you know, text messages, to phone calls, to all the things. And I just feel like it's just something to like love and hate. Because if I think about my phone, there's so many positives when it comes to your phone. Like, let's just think right, about, right, let's right. just think about Google. Yeah. Google can be your best friend and you can get answers. Can you imagine like hearing about something and going home and Googling it and being like, I think I have that. Like, I wonder That's how many people have like thought they had endometriosis or PCOS or something. And they go and they look at it and they're like, oh my gosh. Like, obviously you have to have a doctor that tells you that you really have it, but right. it could maybe give you some hope to be like, oh my gosh, look. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. I'm not whatever. So it can be such a place of hope, but also Google can be such a doomsday of everything is at your fingertips and you could get lost in this like spiral of, and then you go to this and then you go to that and then you go and it just almost can make you feel not good. Yeah. Or if you don't have answers, there could be a hundred different things that could go wrong. Right. Or you could get on forums and now you're like a hundred forums deep and you're like, Oh, like almost the access to the research or the access to you being able to research or figure it out can be good and bad. Yeah. It's like the world's information at your fingertips, which is like, you kind of keep saying it and it goes from exciting to terrifying. Right. The world's information at your fingertips. Right. The world's information at your fingertips. fingertips. It's almost kind of scary. It gets like, Oh, I don't know if I want that. You know, I want information. I would love a breadth of information, lots of information. Do I need the world's information at my fingertips? I don't know. It almost becomes overwhelming. When it comes to infertility. Well, in infertility, you feel so out of control that that would be such a great place to feel like you have control. If it were manageable. If it were manageable. And sometimes, you know, people get answers like, or they can be like, oh, that's what I'm feeling or oh, whatever. And, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying it's all bad. It's just that can lead to an absolute spiral of just like, well, now I'm hopeless because it could be a hundred different of these things. And I feel like I can't stress this the most for me when I was struggling with infertility, I felt so out of control. So the phone was a gift to the unhealthy part of me of that. Mm, If that makes sense. That makes sense. It was a gift to be like, you can't control, but you know what you can control hours of Googling. So here you go. You know, and it's it's just easy access. It's always around you. Everyone has a phone. I would pretty much, would you say that is 100% a fact? I would say probably. Probably, probably 99.9% of the people have phones. Yeah. I saw one person with a flip, flip phone the other day and I was like, what happened? <laughs> what happened to you? And they, you know what's what funny? What has the world done to you? And you know what's funny? is they said they had really bad boundaries with their phone there you and go. they had to have it where it, he can barely, like he texts with like T9 yeah, <laughs> and he only could use it for calls. And I was like, but then I'm, I, I looked at him and I'm like, not saying that maybe that for him, that was the, that was a good decision for him, but it's like, is that the other option? Right. The other option is basically step off the map. It step feels off like the map. Yeah. I'm not saying that that guy did anything wrong. Maybe he had also other reasons or whatever, but yeah. it's just, it's like, is that the answer? Like, do we need to go in a hundred percent reverse? Yeah. It makes me think that our phone, you know, and when we say phone, we mean smartphone, smartphone, social it, media, internet, apps, social yeah. media, all that kind of stuff. It makes me think it's yeah, we're an, not talking about flip phones. Right. I don't no, think we had to make that clear, but it's an opportunity for rest and fun, but also sadness and jealousy. What a weird 
thing to carry around with you at all times. You know, there's yeah. this, this thing in your pocket, like this, this device that you have that you could pull out and just be like, I want to just like, uh, re- just rest and zone out and watch funny videos. And I want to, you know, like catch up with someone and text. Also, I could use this device to really make me sad and feel incredibly jealous about things. So it's so it, the the range of experiences you could have on a phone is crazy, and the 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 ease of getting those things is so present. You know, yes. it's like it's always with you at all times. So at any moment, you could decide to use the phone in a way that's restful and fun, and then also it could make you feel sad and jealous. And it's so hard to figure out how to use the phone in an appropriate way. I, I, I think. Yeah, and I think that's it everything when it comes to infertility and your phone can be a blessing or a gift. Let's talk about Instagram or social media for a second. It can be a place where you can meet the most amazing because of Instagram. Our groups exist because of Instagram. This podcast exist and people get to hear. I'm not saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, it's true. We, we started, we started this with an- nonprofit on social media. We, we decided to make that decision to say, let's start it in, on a social media platform. We'll start it on Instagram. Right. And it really grew there, you know? It, it, so we have to say at, at some level, social media is one of the primary tools in which we reach people. And it's one of the, you meet amazing people and right. learn amazing things. Right. Right. But I would just say that someone who is struggling they can find us on social media and it hopefully is a gift to them. Um, But at the same time, social media in general can be a very intrusive place because you feel like you have no control or it can hit you out of nowhere. Like there's some things like we're at holidays. Some people choose to not be on Instagram as much because that's holidays are sometimes a great time for people to announce happy things or whatever pregnancies and all that kind of stuff. And so it's hard when it's like, it could just come around on a Tuesday, you know, yeah, but totally. it could be that you use it to be connected to us or people or connected to other people that are struggling with infertility. Our groups have been so cool and it moves me to tears every time someone in our group are still connected and they still remain close because of our groups and because of Instagram and that's how they communicate. So it's like, I feel like as we're talking, I'm like, it literally is everything with your phone is like a blessing and a curse or it's like yeah. hope and then hopeless or like I feel so, I feel so not alone and I feel so seen. And then I feel so isolated at the same time. Totally. And nothing really does that, but that little thing. Yeah. I feel like we're going to talk about what we do with this information in, in just a second, but yeah. I think what we're starting to put our finger on, and I think this is probably the most important thing is a phone really gives us opportunity like never before. You know, we have the opportunity to scroll and find people and information. We also have the opportunity to start scrolling until our doom. You know what I mean? And just start doom scrolling and looking and you're not even quite sure what you're looking for, but you're, you're just, you just keep going and you don't know why. And you're like, you, your yeah. brain almost wants you to stop, but you just can't. Right. It's like, and there's something almost about both it. are available to you yeah. at any moment, which is such a weird experience for us, right. you know? And I think for me, when I would get in certain places in certain times of my journey, it almost felt good to like, look at all those things. Like it almost like fueled my jealousy fire. <laughs> And there was almost a part of it that like felt good. I don't know why, yeah. but it like did. I wonder if other people feel that way too. Like, like how you said, like sometimes you can't even help it. Like, and I think sometimes I would just almost be like, I'm going to go down this trail and I know where I'm going and I'm just going, you know, which always made me feel great afterwards. That's what I would say. Right. 
not at all. <laughs> I never left one of those spirals and was like, mm, I feel so much better and encouraged about myself. I'm really glad I went down that rabbit hole until two in the morning and felt horrible. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's common. It's common. Super and for common. me, I almost sometimes would just lean into it. Like, okay, I've kind of done a good job at like not going down this trail. And sometimes I would just be like, F it. Yeah. And it, for me, it would always happen when I was going to sleep. Yeah. Right before I go to sleep. And then I would just have like the greatest dreams and like wake up just feeling like in tip top emotional shape. I think a hard part about looking stuff up on your phone from a medical standpoint is there's so much information yeah. out there and you're not quite sure ever what the information, who the information is written for, um, how it's written. You're not sure who wrote it. So you're, you're really having to jump into a, a pool of information that is just by definition overwhelming. You know, it's like going into a library and checking out every single book on one topic, opening all the pages and kind of just glancing around. It's just an overwhelming experience for, for gathering information at all. So sometimes you, you know, you go home and you're like, I'll just read everything there is to read about PCOS. I mean, wow, that would be really tough, you know, right, right. or like I'll start reading peer reviewed uh, journals about endometriosis. Like, yeah, that you should definitely educate yourself, but that like, that's a hard thing to navigate. How, right. how are you going to do that? You know, do you have any type of organizational system for how you're going to, I mean, and we're doing it uh, by, and while we're sitting on our couch at night, also watching TV, right? That's an overwhelming I experience. I never do that. That's an, that's an overwhelming experience, I think. And to not acknowledge the fact that that's readily available to us every single day of our lives, I think we're missing out on the, the power that having a modern phone in our pockets, you know, means to us. Like we have at any moment the ability to, to jump into that way of thinking that's really hard. And I think we have to acknowledge it. And that's why we wanted to make this podcast was less about, you know, Oh, we're going to tell you how to be experts, but we're, just to have a conversation and process a little bit the the craziness of having a phone in your pocket while going through infertility. You know, right? It's not like um, you know, oh, I'm struggling with playing, uh, you know, this game too much. It's like right. I'm struggling because everything I see online is triggering me on social media, right? And I'm you know burying myself in information when yeah. I don't even know if that's a good idea or right. not. It's you know? a blessing and a curse because everything you just said about the medical thing, I could see some people being like, actually, it was a gift. Like to be able to say like, oh, I felt this way. I've had a painful period since I was 12. That could be endometriosis. I know what you're saying yeah. that you like could go down and almost too much, but also it's like, that's what's so hard about it is just like, it's just a blessing and a curse. It's hopeful and hopeless. Can we talk about text messages for a second? Group texts, family group texts, Oof. friends group texts. Should we play a scary group text sound? Yes. Group text sound. Yes. That should be the ringer of every group text. <laughs> totally. That would be awesome if that's connected to like a pregnancy announcement or like an update or something yeah, like that. It's yeah. like just that's fine. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, oh, no, nope, spooky, don't look at it. stay away, spooky, stay away. But like, that is a tricky situation yeah. because if you completely, let's take a family that has like nieces and nephews in it or yeah. other people in your family that are trying to get pregnant or yeah. maybe not even trying to get pregnant. feels like everyone that is pregnant wasn't trying to get pregnant. Um, and they want to update everybody. They don't want to update individually. They want to update everyone. Maybe you don't live next close to each other. You live in different states. Like, how do you do that? That is tricky because if you isolate yourself completely, and we've talked about this a lot in our groups, then you don't get anything. 
Right. If you yeah. ask to not be in the groups, you don't get anything. Or what also sucks is if you ask to not have them share that part, then they go off on a side family group text. Right. Yeah. Family and then you friend, feel left out. And then yeah. you feel left out. So it's like, it's just really, really, really hard. And we're going to talk a little bit about how maybe you can possibly do that in a second. But like, that's just really hard. And I feel like it actually keeps people in these family group texts because they, or friends group texts, because they don't want to be left out. Again, a blessing or a curse. These texts keep you connected with your people, but it also can be super invasive and can be triggering. Yeah. I can't think of another situation where you could be sitting at home enjoying a a cup of tea, watching your favorite show, reading a book, talking with someone, and all of a sudden someone can, you know, metaphorically tap you on the leg and let you know information that's absolutely triggering. You know what I mean? Like how bizarre is that? Yeah. You're sitting there completely minding your own business and someone's like, Hey, just so you know, your niece is pregnant. You're like, yeah, your niece. (laughs) Thanks. Your niece. Doug, you'd have to be like, you'd have to have a niece that was like 18 or older. Wouldn't that bum you out though? If you were trying to get pregnant. That would really bum me out. But yes. I mean, how bizarre is that? You could just be going about your day and totally. someone just walks up and whispers in your ear and they're like, hey, your family's excited for your brother because he's pregnant. And you're like, yes. Thanks. I didn't need to know that right now. That is so true because not only does that person announce it, but then you watch yeah. the reactions in front of you. And then you're like, oh, forget say. this. And then it, like a few minutes later, they're like, oh, by the way, your mom's excited. And you're like, yes. Thanks. <laughs> Especially if it's like first grandchild, you're like, I might as well like just be stabbed at yeah. this point. And you're not, and it's like, you're, you're just doing your own thing. And it's, it's almost invasive how it just kind of comes up and someone's whispering in your ear. Totally. What's happening. And then you're like, I don't want to, I don't even want to be a part of this at all. And then you're like, but what am I going to like leave the group text? I'll mute it. But then like muting things is it's only still, so successful. Cause you're like, it's not like it's not there. Right. Right. <laughs> also that in a family group text or a friend group text or whatever text this is, it could be in a place that you're not having a cup of tea. Yeah. You're not sitting and having the greatest day. That also sucks, but you're like at work or you're somewhere where you can't be sad or you're with people and they don't know what's going on with you or something like you could also be in a really, really, really hard space. Or like one time someone told me that they were like in the fertility clinic, like getting their like whatever, like looking at their treatment treatment done and they get this like family group text. It's like, Oh my gosh, by the way, we're pregnant with our third kid. It's like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's so hard. It's just really, really, really hard. And it's hard to know what to do. Honestly. Because you don't want to isolate yourself. I mean, maybe you do, and it's just like I can't take it all. But it's like, but then I've we've all, we've heard people say, but then that's risky because then they pair off and they do side group texts or yeah. whatever. I think text so. text messages and group texts are one of the biggest areas where um, just phones break your boundaries. You know, yeah. you might have like a social media too. I yeah, think. social. I guess that's probably the other the other one. Probably those are the big two that yeah. we've noticed within yeah. our process groups is social media and text messages, they really um, are invasive. They're invasive in the way that they deliver information to you that you might not necessarily have wanted to see. Because I use Instagram for entertainment. I'm not going to lie. Right. Or like a brain break. Yeah. Or like something to just go. So you could be watching a cat video, walking a tightrope, 
and be like, ah, oh, it's here. It's just something to numb up my brain. And then literally the next swipe is something completely triggering. Like, it, so it's just hard. It's like that blessing and a curse thing that we keep saying. It's just like, it, it can use it. That's how I use it as a tool to like relax my brain. And then boom, invasive. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Instagram, can I ask you a question? Oh dear. Would you say that you are an infertility influencer? Hell no. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? Would you say you're an influencer? No. <laughs> no. How, like, what does it mean to be an influencer? I don't even know if they know. I don't even know if an influencer knows what they are influencing or what does that even mean? <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I'll, I, okay. I'll say this. Can I say this? Yes. That I think there are people who have gained lots of followers by openly sharing their infertility journey. We're pleased here. We're not knocking that. No, but, but, but what I'm saying is if you start following then a lot of people who are going through their infertility journey and then now you're, you're following 10 or 20 of them and they're posting a lot, you're now invested in their journey, which their journey could be life giving or it could be triggering, which is interesting. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's hard. It's like, what do you do at that point? Because also people have different reactions to that. I wouldn't say that there's not, that there's people that are the same. Some people, when they see these people that I don't even care if you have a big following, any sort of following, you're just sharing your infertility story, um, that they finally, if they get what they want, if they get the positive test, if that, whatever that can, for some people give them a lot of hope. I think a lot of these people, small or big followings when they get pregnant or they get what they want, it's very hopeful for the people that are Yeah, like we've even noticed that in our groups with having people like say that they're pregnant. Like some people it's really hard and it's still, it's still really triggering. And some people actually, it helps them keep going because they're like, maybe if they had it, I can have it too. So I think that's the same thing. Um, but I do think there is another group of people where it's like, Oh no, now this person that was like validating my experience is now triggering to me. Right. You know, and it's really hard and, and just pure, just jealousy, just wanting, wanting that to be you. Yeah. So I think you follow those people in the beginning so that you can kind of find a, like a rest and a place where people are talking about it. You're like, well, these people get it. They know what I'm going through. And as they continue in their own stories, and maybe some of them get pregnant. Maybe some of them don't. Right. It, it can be, maybe it, it can become overwhelming where you're like, I don't know if I want to be attached to, you know, these 25 stories. Right. It's just a little bit too much almost, you know? Right. I think that's true. I think we, I have heard some people say that, you know, when they follow a lot of infertility accounts, it's almost like now they're going on their phone and all they're seeing is infertility accounts. Right. Yeah. And that that can be really hard. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming. Especially because the way Instagram and social media works now is it shows you, you know, some of your followers, but then it just guesses very well. It guesses what you, what they think that you would want to see. And if you're, watching or stopping and looking at infertility content, they're going to be like, Oh, you want to see this, 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 and that, right. that, that can take you down a very triggering rabbit hole. Yeah. That's why I feel like with our Instagram, I really try to like give hope and also like validate the experience, Yeah, you know, because I think sometimes we have someone in our group say that like infertility just feels like a dark place with no happiness or no joy. And it's like, not that I'm saying that it's joyful Our Instagram or whatever, but like, even like our color scheme is like kind of on purpose. Like Sunday smiles what we do every Sunday is like have people have a break and laugh. It's like, it's kind of on purpose to be able to be like, not just talk about this big, heavy thing, or I hope that we do okay of talking about a heavy thing 
in a light way that is not so heavy, or we can give hope and educate, you know, and do that. I'm not, I'm, this sounds like other people are doing it wrong. I'm not saying that it's just tricky. What you're tricky. saying is you're the greatest Instagrammer of all time. That's what I'm hearing. I'm ready for the name tag. Where's the name tag? <laughs> Jesse Brown, greatest Instagrammer of all time. That's what I need. Who plays Oregon trail settlers. That's what I also need. <laughs> No, and I, I didn't mean to knock the influencer or whatever. No, no, we're not knocking anyone. We're, I'm I think, not knocking anybody. I think what we're saying is that, again, Inst- even Instagram is um, a variety of different experiences. Right. You can use Instagram in a way that it's like, this is the most life-giving thing ever. And you can learn about a diverse, ex- you know, plethora of experiences and people from different cultures and people and meet people, different languages, different experiences. And you can broaden your world. You can also overwhelm yourself with too much information and you can follow things that lead you down overwhelming rabbit holes. It's just like, again, Again, it's, it's, it's good and bad all mixed in one. It's a hard thing to integrate. Yeah. Um, So if you're feeling overwhelmed by all that, yeah, because it's so good luck doing it right. Yeah. uh, Because um, Godspeed, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. No, (laughs) That's what we want to talk about next is how do you do that? When it comes to infertility and your phone, I think the one thing that we want to talk about, the one thing that we want people to walk away with. I'm sure this is going to just be one thing. No, but it is. I mean, (laughs) I think that above all else, and we might say a lot of things, but above all else, there is one thing that we just want people to be aware of. And it's the thing that we notice in our groups the most. Yes. It's the thing that we we see happening all the time. And it's, if you, if maybe, I'm sure you know this, but here is a healthy reminder that when it comes to infertility and your phone, you need to have boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. It's impossible just to see how it goes because the algorithms are too strong. They'll suck you straight down. They're too good at it. They're too too good good at it. Google is too effective. It's just too effective. Yep. So within yourself, setting a boundary is going to be the number one way that you're going to change the way you feel when it comes to infertility in your phone. If you're talking about, if we're talking about emotions, we're talking about feelings, boundary setting is going to be your best friend when it comes to your phone. So that means like we've said, infer- like infertility in your phone, it can be good. It can be bad. How do you make it more good and less bad boundaries? You have to then then set boundaries. We'll talk about how we feel like you can set a boundary today and, and do that. But more than anything, even if you're just listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, that's probably a good point. That's probably a good point. I, I probably should have boundaries with my phone. And right. you might already have like a very good system for having boundaries yeah, with your phone. Yeah. But this is just a reminder that if your phone has become toxic, fall back on those boundaries with the phone. And I would say that some people have better boundaries just with their phone naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think... <laughs> This is going to sound so wrong, but I was trying to highlight that we're different, but it sounds like I'm just like so much better and I'm not meaning to. What? What? I was going to say I have better boundaries with my phone than, than me. Do. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was trying to highlight that like to make it like, okay, to be like, I, I sometimes can don't have as big of a problem. I got other problems. Right, okay. Right, people, right, right. I got other problems, but my phone is not, I feel like I've worked in some really good boundaries because I know whatever works for me. But you, Doug, I feel like you can go down. The rabbit shawl can get you. I've heard yeah, you say yeah, yeah, yeah. the algorithm works too good on me. 
or it does. the Google yes. works too good on me. Yes. Like, did you say the Google? <laughs> I'm sorry. How old are you? The Google. The Google. Yeah, but how does the Facebook work on you, Jesse? I know. The Facebook <laughs> is where it gets me. It just gets me the Facebook now. Uh, so I didn't mean to sound like whatever because I have my own problems, other problems. But like, I feel like we've talked about this a lot in our relationship because yes. of you and your issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, mean to make light of it. It's no, actually it's, something we talk it, about. It's totally true. I think every person is going to be affected by their phone differently. Totally. And, and you have to be... There's nothing, no, no guilt. Like you, I no hope guilt. that you don't feel guilt from us or for guilt from anyone or shame or, or that, oh, I can't believe I have to have a boundary with my phone during infertility. Yes, of course. If right. We all should have boundaries with our phones. Right. And if you need a boundary with your phone during infertility, please don't feel, you know, we're not, hopefully you wouldn't feel from us. That is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have to have a boundary with your phone. Of right. course you do. Like that's, right. that's understandable. I do. I have boundaries with my phone and we all do. When you're thinking about boundaries with your phone, Jesse, what's the number one thing you should think about? Where's step one in terms of setting your a boundary with your phone? I would pause and think about how the phone makes me feel. How am I feeling towards my phone? Yeah. Does my phone make me happy more often than not? Yeah. Or is it a place that really makes me sad? Could you even go even broader and say, how am I feeling in general? Because yeah. I mean, if you're feeling in, yeah, in, yeah, in one of true. the lowest spots you've ever been, that's right. going to affect the way you should interact with your phone. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would just check in. Yeah. Maybe that's better. It's like, just check in of like, how am I feeling? How am I doing right now? But I also think you could take it a step further of like, yeah, with my phone, how do I feel? Even as I look at it, do I feel it with a sense of dread? Does it fill me with a sense of like hope? Am I really happy? Like, how am I feeling towards my relationship with my phone and, and just how I'm feeling in general? I feel like that is step one, numero yeah. uno, is yep. how am I feeling? What, or, or maybe even just bringing to light of like, I've never thought about my relationship with my phone. Maybe some people listening to this and they're like, I've never thought about that doomsday spiral or like the Google spiral or the constant stroll of doom and all those kind of things. Like, just think about like, do I, what is my relationship like with my phone? And- how does it make me feel? Right. And I think that's so important because if we're not paying attention to how we feel, right, it will be hard to know how we should interact with our phone. Right. You might just feel like, I feel ugh, but investigate further and feel like I'm actually, my phone's actually making me feel really sad or jealous. Yeah. Well, that's going to be an amazing thing to know when it comes to boundaries. So if the boundary is there to help you feel better, you have to start with how you feel. Right. And I think by checking into how you feel, sometimes it can like show us, it makes me feel really bad. It makes me feel bad. And it wants us to run. Like my natural instinct when something makes me feel bad is wants to run. But just like how we've been saying this whole entire thing, there are positive things that come from it. So right. I would hate for us to completely, because I, I feel like my instinct is naturally go like, isolate, cut it off. Yeah. Makes me feel bad. So I'm just never doing any of that again. And I just don't know if that's necessarily the answer that the answer could be how am I feeling? It doesn't make me feel good. So how do I want to interact with it now? Maybe there is some seasons where you're not on these things and you are unplugged from it all and you need some time and you need some space. And that might be the answer from you for you to step back. But also it's really hard because you could be missing out exactly what we said in the text messages of yeah. like, if I isolate myself from completely from my family group text, now I'm also missing out on the good things that could potentially come out of that group text. Right. So how do we do that? How do we like protect ourselves, give a little bit of protection and still be engaged with these things? Yeah. I think it all starts with how, feeling. How, how are you feel? feeling? How so if, feel? if the first step in setting a boundary 
with your phone and gosh, probably with anything is analyzing how you feel towards that thing. So what do you feel towards your phone? The second step would be, what do you need to do to ensure that those, those feelings are addressed? So it goes feeling need. So what do you need to do? Well, like basically what do you need from your phone? You know, if you could think of it yeah. like that, what I, you know, from my phone, I need my phone to be a place where I can go on at night and I don't get bugged. So it's like, okay, so what is a, what then do you need to do to ensure that you get those needs met? That's the step number two. It's start with your feelings, move towards needs. What do I need to ensure that that feeling uh, is addressed? Yeah. I would say like a perfect example would be when I'm at like at home at night and I don't want to get interrupted with all of these things um, I don't want to get like someone interjecting their thoughts or their, you know, pregnancy announcement onto me. I'm going to set my phone on like, do not disturb or on airplane mode or at night. I'm actually just not going to go on my phone, but the boundary then should come out of, I feel overwhelmed at night when people text me all these things. Okay. Then what do you need to do? You need to protect your night from text messages. Does is, that make sense? Is that what you do, Doug? What would you say you do? I would say that I do exactly that rhythm of, you know, for me, it'd be like a workday thing, right? It's like, I need to not get, I sometimes can get distracted and feel overwhelmed with all these things in the middle of my day. So what do I need? I need to have my phone be a place where I can't get distracted during the middle of the day. So I set, do not disturb or focus thing, you know, where you kind of like pull those things to the back where I don't get interrupted during the day so that I can actually focus on things. But again, it, it starts with what I'm feeling. And then what do I need to do with my phone to address those feelings. I think that's where it doesn't sound like that. You know, that doesn't sound necessarily like a classic boundary, but it's the most effective way to get to a boundary is start with the feelings and then move to what do I need to do to address those feelings? I think a great way to evaluate what you need is picking the ideal situation Yeah. for this. Now, is this a hundred percent bulletproof? No, because you could, especially with social media and the algorithm being so good, you could like, ideal this and have this be and set up all these boundaries and all these things. And it still can like haunt your dreams. Right. But I think especially when it comes to a family group text dynamic, but then also you're dealing with other human beings that act their own ways. But it's like, I would think about how, what would be the most ideal. You know, what would be the most ideal is if my family texts me about any sort of like pregnancy or something like that, but then didn't send me ultrasound pictures or didn't send me this or whatever, or whatever it is, however it is. And or maybe, maybe like warned me that they're going to send stuff like that. Yeah, or maybe text me privately. Yeah. Like, can you text me privately first before the family group text so I can know or whatever, or even maybe it is like before ever you actually post a picture about anything or whatever, because we've, it's interesting. One girl in our group I thought was so interesting. She said, I, I set up this super strong boundary with someone in my family. Cause they all, they have a bunch of nieces and nephews and stuff like that. And you know, then she realized that she was just sending all the pictures to other family members. And she got so like hurt. And she's like, but what's interesting is I set up the boundary that way. Yeah. She was at the, the, the person was actually listening to your boundary. It's just really hard. So sometimes you even have to go to step further to be like, this is actually what I mean. I mean this, I want to be included somehow. I want to give some sort of heads up or whatever it is, or maybe it just is on silent and your partner looks at it first. And then your partner says, you're good. And you can look at it or yeah. let's tread lightly today or they can or whatever. You just have to kind of think about the ideal situation. Like 
maybe with Google, what would it be like the, like the ideal me looking at it? It's like, okay, I'm going to give myself a 10 minute timer. Yeah. Cause that would be yeah. the ideal situation. I don't know. As you're talking, here's what I'm feeling. Oh, am I, I wrong? Th- no, I think people are going to hear this and go, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to my sister. I don't want to send anything to the group chat. It, it's so hard to do that. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, what are they setting themselves up for if they're just like, nope, I'm not going to do any of that. That it could potentially be a thing that is still intrusive. I'm not saying if you do boundaries that it's never going to be intrusive again. Yeah. But it could be something where it could still make you really sad and really bum you out and just not feel great after you're on your phone. That's what it potentially could be. Or that, you know, now a family group text that was life-giving is now just continuing to be hard and be sad and be whatever. Like it could be something. And, and, and honestly, it's the thing that it can isolate you. Yeah. It can isolate you even more. It can isolate you from a community on Instagram, maybe that you have, or it's, it can isolate you from your family, from your friends. You know, it's really hard too. We've talked about this in our groups of like, friend group checks that they're all pregnant and they're mm-hmm. all having like, yep. it's, it's not easy. I'm not saying this is easy and I'm not saying that I do this perfectly or you're saying we do this perfectly, but I think what we do do is we constantly are checking in with how we are feeling and we're constantly trying to figure out and figure out what we need and how to, what would be the ideal situation? And can you go get that? Right. Can I, you get the ideal situation, yeah. the healthy, the, the quote unquote healthy, whatever healthy means to you way to interact with your phone? Can that happen? I think at the heart of a, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is that when it comes to infertility and our feelings, addressing our feelings and bringing other people into the reality of what we're feeling is, is the, the slow road to connection and feeling better it's always going to be hard to choose that. Yeah. Always. And it's going to feel like things are getting worse before they get better. Yeah. And it's painful. It's emotionally painful. However, and we just can't, I don't think we can stress this enough. The other way begins to erode your personal sense of well being over time. You know, Yeah. it's like, well, I I don't want to bring any of this up. I'm just like, I hate my family group text or I hate this work group text that I have because it's so annoying and I'll just delete it off my phone. Never look at it. Right. And, but what happens is you start to isolate and pull yourself yeah. away. That can lead to a sense of feeling really bad too. The problem is infertility. The problem is that infertility sucks. It hurts. It's painful. It changes our life and, it, and we wish that it never happened. Addressing it hurts as well. Like it, it, to, to deal with that hurts. There's no way to kind of get around it. You know, there's no way to ignore the rock in your shoe when you're on a run. You can't just be like, Oh, I just, this is annoying. You may even think oh, I'll get rid of it. And then you even think, Oh, I'll just get past infertility and then things will be better. And the sad reality is sometimes it takes years to figure out what you're doing with infertility. Sometimes it, the effects of it don't even go away. They last years and you're so dealing with it and addressing it is I think in the long run going to be better, but it's really hard to come to that reality. So I just want to give grace. Yeah. Buckets grace, of grace. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. You know, like I get it. Totally I get it. No, yeah. no guilt, no pressure. Like if you're, you know, if, if listening to this podcast and being connected to us 
is all you're like, that's the only thing step I'm taking for my, for my own mental health. I just need some validation. I get it. We're here. Validate. What a great place to start. You know, right. we love having you here. Right. Um, but I think in the long run, if, if you're like, well, what's the first step? I think the first step is addressing your feelings and bringing people into what you need, which we think that is, looks like boundaries. Your phone is going to be probably pretty high on the list when it comes to setting boundaries. Yeah. So if I were this person that is like, I actually want to start thinking about this. It's totally fine that if you don't like, I, we totally get it. Like it's really hard. And sometimes I feel like for me, it was a way that I coped. It was a little bit of like how I coped in life was my phone. So it's like, it can be a friend. It can be a friend in, in this time. So you do what you need to do. But if you're like, ah, I just always, the phone makes me feel bad. And I want to change something about it that I think it would just be a tangible thing that you could do right now is how does that make you feel? How does the phone make you feel? So you've addressed, uh, it kind of does make me feel like crap. And then what do you need? And what would be the most ideal situation you could interact with any of those things and can you go get it? Yeah. Can you go attain that? And ideal? don't you think too that's going to be hyper personalized? Yeah. Like, and what every person needs is going to be so. So many of my friends have app limits. Ah, oh, many app limits. Yeah. And I, I almost compared myself like, do I have? Am I like unhealthy? Like, <laughs> whatever. And I'm not saying that I'm healthier, they're unhealthier, or whatever. It's just like that's not something that works for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have an attention span of like a five year old. So like I don't need <laughs> like I don't I don't need it because I've probably already moved on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like at first when I heard that with my friends, I almost guilted myself. Like I should I be? And it's like it's totally personal. It's totally personal of what it could mean to you. And maybe one of those things, Google isn't your thing that necessarily does that for you, but social media is like making you feel like crap. And it's like, and maybe the ideal situation for you is to remove yourself for a while or a season or forever. But like, maybe it also could be that you set up different things or you follow only certain accounts or you mute things or whatever to like help you, help you have interact with it better. Now, I'm not saying that the ideal version is always going to happen right? because you got humans involved and you got algorithms involved, but I feel like it's a pretty safe bet that it could be better. It could be a little bit better. So a tangible thing to take away is to think about how the phone makes you feel and what do you need. I guess what I hear you saying is that we should delete Instagram and install Oregon Trail's settlers. That's what I'm saying. Hit me up. I'm on there still. No, this is so sad because no one would be able to find it. If someone, I mean, you can technically, I, th- I don't even think you can. And the other option is the Oregon trail actually going on the trail. And that just stressed me out too much. Cause I just always got cholera or like a snake bite or something. So I liked it cause it was settlers. You're like, look, I don't in- have that. I don't have that many problems with my phone. Uh, I got pretty good boundaries, but here's the thing. Oregon trail stress yeah. me out. Stress- stresses me out. Stresses me the hell out to get cholera or to get like a snake bite. And then I have no return or like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Thank you for listening to the infertility feelings podcast, a show produced by the nonprofit uniquely knitted. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful to all of our wonderful donors who support this work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check us out at uniquelyknitted.org. 
If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. This is the best way for more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups, please follow the link in our show notes. See you guys next week.